Hello and welcome back to the Football Index podcast. Once again, episode 66. Today, I am joined by Football Index Guy, or is it Footy Index Guy? It's uh, just Index Guy. Index Guy, just Index Guy, I should know yes. that. <laughs> How are you doing today, mate? Yeah, doing really well. Thanks a lot for inviting me on. Really looking forward to this and uh, uh, let's do this. Well, you, you came highly recommended and you've, you've made it even higher in my reckoning because uh, you've got a microphone. Yes, well, I'm, I am in the audio-visual business, so I thought I'd better not be lazy and uh, get a mic ready, so uh, just to improve the audio. <laughs> so I think everyone listening right now should be really happy. Your ears should be really happy. But um, tell us a bit more about yourself and your kind of football index journey thus far, mate. Well, yeah, it's... Um... I haven't actually been on the index that long. Um, it was about 18 months ago, two years. Um, I remember coming across an advert, like a digital advert, and um, saying buy the best players. And I saw the sort of buy and sell prices. And um, the first question that came to my mind is, why on earth would you buy shares in a player without any tangible value? Um, what, what, what would motivate you to buy one player over another? I mean, you just buy the best players and get everyone done with. And then sort of just look into it a little bit more, sort of became like a sort of saw it as like a virtual asset platform. Um, so I didn't really think any more of it. But I, that particular night, I did go home and I thought, I'll go and have a look, quickly opened up an account. And everything just seemed like a bit of a mess to me at first, to be honest with you. And um, unfortunately for me, the very following day, I had some builders come in. So I had a big refurb to do on my house, which I just bought. Um, so about a whole year went and I didn't think anything more of it. And then um, a friend of mine um, said, oh, would you want to join this dream team? Uh, The Sun Dream Team it was, like we used to do back in the day, really enjoying that. And then once that ended, which was um, the end of last season, um, I was just sort of missing the buzz. I really wanted to do do something more on football and um, looking for something more intricate. So I went online looking for something like a more intricate dream team. And I thought, yeah, let's have a look at that football index again, see how that's going on. So I went on there, nothing much had really changed. And I'm, I'm just looking, I saw the prices. The prices have just got out of control. And I thought, What's, is this real money we're talking about here? Looked at, checked out the portfolio and um, some of these random players I bought have just shot up in value. So um, that, so from that moment onwards, I just thought, well, let me look into this. And then, you know, since then, it's just been uh, it's absolutely beautiful concept with as many layers of complexity as you want to find, really. And it's uh, always nice to get one over the bookies. It is so different to the bookies. And if you have had a long history with betting or Betfair Exchange, for example, this is such a breath of fresh air, isn't it? So have you were you betting a lot before it or was it only the fancy side of things that kind of got you involved? <sighs> Um, well, um, a few years ago, uh, I, used, I used to bet, I used to do these um, like correct score accumulators where I'd pick like three or four teams from all the different European leagues. And my favourite score was like always 3-2 or 2-2. So I'd look at the matches at which I thought might finish in those scores and bet on them. It's just small amounts and more often than not, I lost to be honest with you. But now and again, when you won, it was quite big. So I used to get a buzz from that as such. So not really. Other than that, not really. Oh, fair play, fair play. I mean, uh, it, it, it is strange, isn't it? Because a lot of people, what they do when they put down an accumulator, whatever sort it is, they instantly think about what they're going to do with the money. It's kind of when you, kind of like when you play the lottery, right? You pick the numbers and you're like, damn, what would I do with that Euro Millions jackpot? Yeah, I mean, 
you're absolutely right. But for, for me, my motivation was because all my bets were like 20p per accumulator. Don't get me wrong. I used to put maybe about 50 accumulators on, so it used to mount up. But just the idea, I mean, on one occasion, I put 20p on and I won a, a best part of a thousand pounds. And that actually is what kind of used to motivate me, trying to get something that's very unpredictable correct. So, yeah, that's that was my main thing, really. Mm, interesting interesting so that that buzz is still there with accumulators and and stuff and but i think long term it it does wear off doesn't it but we've got a lot of questions mate um but before we get into them i need to plug myself a little bit if you guys want to see my face not just hear my voice i don't know why you'd want to do that you can head over to my youtube channel uh football index guide if you just type that in on youtube you can find the channel please subscribe like some videos watch some content there Two thousand subscribers now which is absolutely bonkers um 18 months ago that the channel started and it's really started to pick up now putting out a video every wednesday evening now uh, i've dedicated some time on the weekends and through the week to, to make sure that goes out every week uh every week got some uh, got the next episode of the bank builder coming out wednesday nearly a thousand pounds now it's been a slog it's been harder uh putting it all into one player every 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 week than it than it was when you were diversify a little bit uh, and if you want to see or read some written content rather than see my face or listen to my voice or do both unfortunately uh, you can go over to the football index blog which is being hosted on medium the uh, blogging site now and that's alongside um, football index trader and liam football index lm uh, and if you want to hear my voice talk about football and not football index head over to the state of play pod um on twitter and uh state of play podcast on all your favorite podcast hosts just did an episode with um john legosip who's one of the big big uh guys talking about french football and Liga. he had some really interesting things to say about Nabil Fakir and Bappe, neymar and uh, paris saint-germain's uh ffp problems whether those two guys can stay there long time if you guys want to collaborate or sponsor the podcast hit me up on football.index.guide at gmail.com and last but not least before i run out of breath please leave a review on the podcast it really helps me out and if you haven't subscribed what are you waiting for the button is just there do it right now while you're listening to the podcast just just do it go on take the plunge thank you very much for for sitting through that rant if you haven't skipped forward uh (laughs) first question is from fi johnny g uh so when and what made you join fi have your views on the index changed since um, well, since I've joined, I find, I'm, I'm tending to find that everyone is a, a little bit more trigger happy. Everything is exaggerated, sensationalized, and everything's hyped up. So um, should a player um, have a good game, he goes up in value. Bad game, everyone sells. And if that good, if that guy whose price rocketed and he has two excellent games and the price keeps on rocketing, one bad game and, he, and he, people are just selling again. So I don't really understand this kind of... Um, this uh, concept of just being trigger happy. Um, but that's the main things that I've seen. But certainly the amount of users and um, the more interest in lesser known players. I mean, I've seen that in the last six months. And lesser known players are definitely coming to the fore. <laughs> when prices rise quite a lot, people tend to go lower and lower down the index, right? And so you're getting, it's, it's being, becoming harder and harder to find those gems, isn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, I think that the in-play dividends have certainly um, scooped up a lot of the the um, cheaper players and uh, made them more expensive and added value to them. So naturally, um, plus people are hyping them. So um, everyone's hearing about more and more players all the time, which is only a good thing, really. Mm, I think the, the in-play dividends, that, that was its 
desired effect, I'm assuming, from Football Index. Do you think that that's what they intended to? Was it just making goals a hotter commodity or was it trying to make value pull down the index slightly, trickle it down a bit more? Well, absolutely. My view on this is that they want, they've got so many players there that are kind of laying dormant, not doing much, never, never really going to win dividends. So just by um, designing this in-play divs um, has just given so many players, thousands of players, well, not thousands, but hundreds of players, um, a lot more value and uh, brings it more into the limelight. So, yeah, that was their design. Of course, the commission side of things as well. So I think it was a good move by them in that respect. I think uh, overall, it's been positive. I I think we talked about this on the podcast with Mike Kieran and Adam. Episode 62, if you haven't heard, uh, heard it yet. And if you're new, those are the guys who are leading Football Index. They are the senior management at the company. They were talking about how their surprise was so big that the reaction was negative. But I think uh, overall, after the iteration was made, looking at it now, I think it's uh, a positive thing overall. And I've, I think I've, I've warmed to it. And I think a lot of traders have warmed to it as well. Um, but I think we'll move on to the next question. This one's from Abu at Abu LMAO. <laughs> what kind of strategy did you adopt when you first began? Ah, interesting. Well, when you first join the index and you and you see the you see the interface, it's very daunting because nothing really makes sense. Um, especially the players don't really make any sense in terms of their prices. So uh, I had no strategy at, at all, and that, and that was a problem. So I was just buying players that I thought were clever choices or or players that are relatively unknown. And naturally, you sort of gravitate towards your own team, my team being Tottenham, having a look at if there's any gems there. But I had no plans or, ta- or, or targets. So after day one, once I bought the players, I thought, what do I do then? So um, I wanted to know everything. Why players were at their current prices, historical div earners, top 10 div earners in each category, P metric, everything. I just wanted to know in and out of everything so that way I could formulate a plan. So essentially, the original players that I bought, I pretty much sold them all. I think I only kept Hazard, which I probably had by chance. And uh, I just, um, that was a plan. So moving forward with that information, I just wanted to achieve a constant stream of dividends. Um, I've worked out the five legible leagues and ended up buying sort of defenders and midfielders and forwards in all five leagues. So the idea was that no matter what day or whoever was playing, I would have a chance of winning them, winning some dividends. And then as my understanding got better, I started to be a bit more precise and sort of double down on the amount of shares I had on um, the ones I was more confident about. And as time goes on, you get more confident and then it evolves into having a little closer look at the MBs and PBs and youngsters and your own gut feeling. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's it's a mixture, isn't it? I think it's finding, again, what you mentioned at first, what actually gives them tangible value, how to spot players where they have a bit more data behind them where they're more likely to earn that tangible value and then uh, there's a bit of going with your gut and and following market sentiment isn't there a mixture of that but that kind of leads us on to the next question which is by tc who actually recommended you for the podcast so thank you very much tc and if you want to listen to him he was featured on episode 43 and he's a very smart guy so do listen to that one this is the a question that got loads of likes in the comments it says the market is at a stage where it is reflecting football and the dividend structure less and less every day in favor of hype and market sentiment does this concern you at all with all the new users signing up at the moment and what could football index do to adjust this 
Now, that is a question, and uh, <laughs> thanks a lot for that, TC. Um, highly recommend you follow him as well. Very interesting guy to speak to. Um, now, um, I, to- I 100% agree with the premise of the question, and we need to maybe have a quick look at why this is happening, as it's, uh, as a lot of people are asking the question. Now, if you look at recent times, how the big boys have been rising, they're becoming very expensive, not necessarily overpriced, but they're quite expensive. And one of the fundamental concepts in investing in a dividend yielding product is uh, once they yield, you buy more, then you they yield again, you buy more. It's sort of the compounding effect that we all know. Um, but this, this, strategy is, this strategy is definitely adopted by a lot of the early users and the users that have got um, a, a sort of a big portfolio. So just to give you an example, so we use Neymar as an example, um, being king of the index. To, to buy a 1,000 Neymars would actually set you back around £19,000, which is not so good. Now, yeah, I understand the compounding effect of 100%. If he returns 10%, then it'll be 110%, and then the following you'll be 121%. Totally understand that. But I don't really come across many users who've got that kind of funds, and uh, especially to pump it into one player. So logically... Traders, are sort, they look for the next best thing and look for cheaper options or the breakthrough talents and whatnot. Yeah, so people need to be mindful that arguably Neymar hasn't proved in the last few years and his price only shot, shot up due to the significant growth in the platform. So traders looking for the next best things and uh, youngsters and cheaper prices is a natural way to go. With, with, with many traders taking this route, essentially they've um, created another market. Now, I wouldn't say this was by design or anything like that. It's just due to the organic way traders are looking at value. Looking at it now, um, this in effect has created a self-functioning, self-contained market within another market. This market is fundamentally driven by sentiment in its purest form. People are just buying plays and just trading on sentiment alone, um, which which shield, which um, essentially shields these young players from dividends and whether they play or not because it's not important anymore. Dividends have kind of gone out of the window. I mean, which kind of goes against the whole ethos of FI, if you think about it. I mean, the main advertising pool for traders is to get rewarded for their football knowledge. But in this self-contained market, traders aren't getting rewarded for their football research and knowledge. They're, the reward is really depending at what point of the pyramid type structure you join. So you can see, you can kind of see what's going on here. I mean, what do you think about that uh, concept? Yeah, I think I think it's interesting, but I do... I do think there's something a bit more simple or fundamental that's that's wrong with this, right? I think that there are a lot of new users coming in and they don't understand what makes a player valuable, right? If we take everything away and if we ignore the noise, um, what they don't understand what makes a player valuable, right? They don't understand, one, what the dividend payouts are and, and why they're there. And, and then there's also the thought about what makes them what's the underlying thing that makes them valuable right and that is the way the scoring systems are set up and i think that someone like asp who talks about this quite a lot um he, he always has uh, concerns about the uh, current state of the um, scoring matrix not being robust enough and not being reflective enough on the uh, for on the pitch value and i think there's two sides of this right there's in real life there are companies that um well, I say real life, it, with real traditional stocks and shares of companies, there are companies that are valued at far, far greater than what their actual output is to society. I was talking to this somewhat, uh, uh, to someone who works in banking the other day. They said, well, you know, what happens when um, 
when players reach their their you know yearly yield in terms of compared to price and i said well some of these players are not going to do 10 percent this year the thing is if enough people think that they will do 10 percent then they're going to go up in price or whatever percent that they feel comfortable with uh, uh, holding. So that kind of tends to happen with companies in real life as well. Like there are companies that are valued so far in excess of what they will actually return long term uh, from a you know dividend standpoint, if they ever mature to that state or if they actually can uh, produce revenue and profit um, and, and become a larger or more valuable tangible asset. It, it, it happens everywhere in the world, uh, and I'm, obviously I'm alluding to speculation. Has it gone too far in football index? Yes, probably. Should football index be um, tweeting about youngsters flying up and uh, just posting about capital appreciation uh, of Neymar or of Callum Hudson Odoi, whoever it may be? I don't know. Probably not. Should they have a more robust um, onboarding system? probably yeah i think there are so many different variables that that play into what we are currently seeing as a bubble and we talked about it with jay in the previous episode where um you know even if five out of 20 of these people make it they'll go to a uh they will fall to a certain price sorry uh, the ones that don't make it, of course. But there are still some of those on the index. And we talked about um, Adnan Yanazai and um, Gabby Goal, Gabriel Barbosa, players that have kind of been that hot prospect. I remember, you know, obviously we're using football manager as an analogy, analogy here, but he was the guy that you'd always get on like football manager 14, 2014 or whatever. He was highly rated by loads of scouts. Everyone thought that he was going to be the next Neymar because he was in the Santos Academy blah 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 and 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 suddenly he's at the age of 23 and he's still in brazil having already failed in italy so and i'm sorry if anyone holds him i'm just using him as an example and by now you probably know that i always use him as an example but i'm just saying that if he's at you know 150 160 some of these guys that are three pounds and we think how the hell are they three pounds they don't even have that far to drop do they well, yes, but I, I think traders really need to be a bit more methodical in pricing up these players. Agree, agree. And uh, they need to understand what is supporting their price. You almost need to sort of break it down in sort of dividend potential and form and a lot of lot of the other aspects as well. So if if the only thing holding up the price is essentially a little bit of potential and mainly hype, that's a fragile hold for me. And it's a no, it's a no go. And once they reach their market cap, then people are going to be left with players and they need to really seriously think about whether it's a quality hold or not. Do, do you think this would be happening if we had order books in place, if there was no instant sale function? That's an interesting one, because I've, I, I was thinking that what would happen if they um, got rid of instant sale for majority of the week and only used it for a couple of couple of hours uh, a week what, what would actually happen knowing that they can't instant sell it all of a sudden they'll be taking a little bit more care on what they're purchasing yeah yeah i mean i think that is probably the one of the aims that they want audibix to fulfill right to make this a market that reflects better on the actual payouts as well as making as well as removing themselves obviously uh, slightly from the market and uh, having less liability i think instant sell will still be there in some formal way but i do think that they want it so 
if there is massive demand for a player they will rise up and if there is not much volume being traded in certain players then they're going to be riskier holds because it's going to be harder for you to sell them well that's right but i mean as i was saying i mean at the moment these guys are these these traders who are buying these players they're essentially loading up for the next generation are they are they willing to wait for the next generation of players to come through are they willing to hold all these years and how many of them are going to make it so um, once these players reach a certain point where they're not rising, then are they going to return you divs? What, what, what's the potential of the player? So that's, that's my view on it. Mm, mm, that's really interesting. Have you got any other thoughts on this? Like what, what could Football Index do to adjust, the, to, to make this not a speculative market or less so of a speculative market? Um, I think... Only the, only the educational aspects. They need to um, have some really good information out there about a little bit more about the concept. I mean, get some traders to give their views on how to start up and things to look out for. Um, right now, with these youngsters, um, what are they going to do about it? Nothing. And why should they? I mean, they've got millions of pounds going in on the back of these youth players. Um, all this money coming in, they can invest it into their own platform. platform and uh, they know... Um, that they won't pay out a single pence of dividends to 90, 95% of these players in the whole index life. So it sounds like good business to me. Mm. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. But it's what I what I always think about when I when someone says that to me is obviously some of these players aren't rising this exponentially just from fresh money from new signups. There are experienced and savvy traders out there who are buying into these rises and riding them up quite a high way and then potentially uh, just selling them in bulk, whether that be instant sell or, or market selling them at near or so the top. Is there a danger that someone comes onto the platform, buys a youngster, they go up a pound, uh, they're really happy, and then they fall pound fifty. I mean, like we saw with uh, Curtis Jones of Liverpool and um, uh, Tahith Chong from Man United. Do you think that could turn off turn people off loads if that amount of volatility? Well, um, that that is the thing that does concern me is the new traders coming on because they're getting sucked into this hype and um, sort of going along with the FOMO. Um, as long as they become aware of this and they are aware that there's not a lot to support their prices at the moment, and, and then you have to do, make your own judgment on whether they've got potential. As long as they're mindful when getting on this train, I don't really have a problem with it. It's just that I just don't like um, a lot of these um, hype guys on Twitter taking advantage of them, and it could turn them off. So that's the only thing that really concerns me. And as a community, we need to really tackle this. Mm, mm, that's interesting that's interesting uh, i think that this is one that um will rage on and i'm sure we'll have more and more questions like this in future episodes uh, next question uh football index focus do you think fi should accurately reflect real world events of football or can it thrive and succeed within its own bubble i.e is it essential that the world's best players are the priciest or is the current situation with Cho, uh, Colin Hapsodadoy, Rashford, Vinicius and even Kimmich okay? So I think he's kind of alluding to the previous question here, uh, FI Focus. However, I think he's again talking more about the on-pitch performance. What do you think of the scoring matrix index guy? Um, I th- well, the, sc- the scoring matrix itself um, 
I think is pretty good. It, it it could be it could be improved. I mean, I think there's a lot of things that are un, unquantifiable in the scoring metrics in in terms of like um, um in one of my favourites in particular when I'm watching football is um sort of the decoy runs that open up space for someone to put it in the back of the net. I mean, how do you even begin? How do you even begin to quantify that? So there could be there could be some tweaks here and there. Um, obviously the dribblers are really suffering um, on there. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, what you mentioned there is obviously unquantifiable, but um, stuff like successful dribbles, um, they're, they're, they are quite easily quantifiable. Well, yeah, that's why. Right. I mean, successful dribbles and perhaps they could get into a bit more depth about how far they travel with the ball and at what speed and whatnot. I mean, you could really go into some serious depth in this depth in this and um a lot of players will benefit from it but absolutely we need to we need to try to make it reflect what happens on the pitch as much as possible um football in its own right has its own natural um where it's naturally unpredictable so um there's enough unpredictability so okay but for for example like just sorry to cut you off but like joshua kimmick is three pounds pricier than any other defender probably because he takes set pieces is that right well, yes, because um, once the index variables come into play, I mean, he is playing in a dominant team. Um, uh, he, he takes set pieces. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of variables that make him more popular than his own teammates, for example. So, yeah, yeah, but but that's in reflection of um, the current scoring matrix. What I'm saying is that should he be as good as he is on FI, if you take away the scoring matrix. If you said if you didn't give someone the scoring matrix and just showed them the prices and they asked you why is Kimmich um, three pounds more expensive than Virgil Van Dijk, who's arguably been the best defender in the Premier League and, and the best defender in in the world this season, um, how would you explain that? Well, um, the, the number one thing that comes to my mind is that Bayern Munich are, are more dominant in the Bundesliga than Liverpool is in the Premier League. Is is that true though? Bayern Munich are second this season, and Liverpool are top, and and they have more clean sheets. I think. Well, even even within that, if you break it down, Kimmich is more uh, dominant amongst his amongst his fellow defenders than perhaps Van Dijk is in terms of what he's producing on the pitch um, proactively. Now, if he's bombing forward and creating a lot of crosses and passes. Um, he should get rewarded for that. Um, as for Van Dijk, again, it's a little. It comes down to the under, unquantifiable fact: is that he's got he's sort of marshalling defence and telling people where to go, which you can't put on the scoring matrix. So, yes, he is rightly more expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, th- I just think that if someone is coming onto uh, the platform and they see that bigger gap without even looking at the scoring matrix and they ask you why is x so much higher than y when y is a better player there's a i think there's a big issue there i, I really do um and we've we've talked about it on twitter about whether or not it can be changed and i think it can um and i don't think that and i've said this in the past right i don't think football index and i think i said it on the podcast with the with the guys uh with adam mike and kieran i don't think football index would ever change the scoring matrix so that um there would be a massive massive change in the expected winners right you wouldn't get a situation where they change the scoring matrix where um one in three or one in four winners is changed 
I, I, I think it'd be far more subtle than that. And even if it doesn't take one iteration, it could be three in the next two years or whatever, and each one could change it by three or four or five percent. And overall, I think we as a community... Um, although we're happy with the money that we're making and although we are um, probably happy with the PB outcomes and the MB outcomes because we hold those players and we have those bets placed, I think that from an overall perspective, we all want what's best for the index. And I think what's best for the index is that it reflects the on-pritch performance more. Totally agree um, because it, it does look like a bit of a mess when you join on and you see sort of relatively unknown players at like four or five pounds and you don't know why. It, it takes, a, takes a while to get your head around. Um, but there's other aspects that come into play. I mean, if it's just performance, if it's just about the PB matrix, totally agree with you. But then you've got aspects of like MB that come into a play that seriously affects a defender's price. I mean, you could argue that um, Van Dijk could be underpriced underpriced because he's also got a little bit of MB potential, um, which is built into the price. So it's going to be very difficult. It is going to be difficult, but I do think there needs to be some iteration at some point. Um, I think that if you look at Manchester United, right, a lot of people have been saying... um, this has been quite funny to me, actually. A lot of people have been saying, wow, Rashford's gone up again. Like, he's just scored. Why is, why is he continuously going up? Uh, he's not He's not got any chance of winning mm-hmm. um, uh, PB or MB, really. Well, he does. Of course, he's got a chance, but he's not really... Um, he's not really performing on that side of things to, to, to the extent of his on-pitch performances. What I mean by that is, like, he is playing way better on the pitch than he is performing on football index from a scoring perspective um is and and that's like people are coming onto the platform and saying marcus rashford is on fire he's in his best ever form as a manchester united player and he has been rightly uh him alongside pogba their last uh, their best player for the last seven games difference is pogba because of the way he plays is his scoring is being reflected well on the index but Rashford because maybe he doesn't pass it as much doesn't cross it as much um you know doesn't take penalties his his scores aren't reflected yeah I mean Rashford that's an that's an interesting one but again it's it's about the involvement in play and and people's uh, players performances are a little bit subjective as well I mean Messi is just one of those examples Um, and when I watch him play he does nothing majority of the time in the middle of the pitch. He's just waiting around, but he's so efficient with the ball um, that w- that passage of play, he heavily influences. Now, just doing a few passes here and there and scoring a few goals might heavily influence the outcome of the game. But in terms of the involvement, it, 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 in terms of the actual um, minute-to-minute involvement, it's not so high. So it's definitely a balancing act and something that needs to be improved on. Um, and it does confuse people. I mean, Rashford is flying up. He should be doing a lot better. Um, he's been, I think he scored about four or five games in a row now. So it is a bit it's confusing. Six, isn't it? Yeah. Is it six? I don't even know. Oh, is it six so, now? Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not a United fan, so um, <laughs> yeah. I, I wish I'd pay more. But I think, I think that is the thing, right? People are like, oh my God, he's gone up 90p again. Why? Just from one goal. But... He is playing really well if we're just looking at this from a football standpoint. And I think new users are coming on and looking at that and being like, why hasn't, why is he not um, 
going up in price or i mean not why is he not going up in price like why wouldn't i buy him is is what i'm well, trying to say well i mean the, the other week um there was one game where i think he done like a, a cruyff to cruyff uh, turn or something like that and he went he went up about 56 p on the on that basis <laughs> now i don't know are you going to put that into the pb metrics as well now okay yeah no i, I guess that's a point there's always going to be that speculative side of things but um and people are always going to buy for that reasons. But if we if we take away that, right, if we look at his overall performances in the last seven games, they've been really, really, really good. But have they have they justified his current rise? Maybe not. That's what a lot of people are saying. Should he should should the scoring matrix better reflect what's happening with him? For example, I'm just using him as an example because you know uh, he's really high on the uh, index. Kind of talk of the town at the moment. Should it better reflect his scores? Uh, should his scores better reflect what's happening on the pitch? And I think a lot of people will come onto the platform again, being like, "Oh wow, Mike Rashford's on fire! He's, he's not only the present but potentially the future of the biggest club in the world. Why wouldn't I buy?" And he's continuing to score, but he's not really uh, returning tangible dividends to to what he should do compared to what he's doing on the pitch. Well, the dividend side of things is it all depends on what other people are doing. I mean, there's just lots of players scoring hat tricks and whatnot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know when's the last time he scored a brace, for example. Um, so one goal and a few good passes and runs isn't really going to win you a PB. Um, but actually, I think that his pri- uh, I've looked at his scores in the last few games, and they have actually improved quite a lot because he is more involved in play. Um, uh, what was it? Uh, he scored some good scores compared to recent. I and mean, before, he used to struggle to get anywhere near 100, but I think he's got over 100 <laughs> every time. Yeah. So he is improving, and the more he gets involved in the play, and I suppose what it's about is about dominating the play. Do- when he's when he's influencing influencing in the play as much as possible, so I think the more he does that, then he will be rewarded. I think with the current PB metrics, mm, mm. it's it's one to keep an eye on. Definitely. But I mean, again, I was just using him as an example for debate. Uh, next question: EJ Footy Index. Uh, check out his blog that I helped curate. Uh, it's on the Figcast website, the Football Index uh, Guide podcast website. Um, he it's a really long form read maybe i don't know how many thousands of words but it's really good he gets into the real nitty-gritty of what football index need to do to become a massive success he says what are your views on the recent fitv segment they released on monday i think it was great and there is scope to expand this into interviews with traders etc and have a specialist channel one day do you agree i.e the bloomberg for fi oh yeah this is um i miss I tried to give this a little think when I saw this one and uh, it's got a lot of potential and possibly a lot of pitfalls as well. I mean, what I did was I thought I'd just watch it and just to sort of give it a uh, just a, a, a general overview, see what I'm thinking. And um, when they're talking about the players' prices up and down, that's really useful information to me. Um, but when they start talking about uh, fixtures and uh, matches or teams in general, I found that less interesting. I don't really don't want to hear about people's opinions on how games are going to go so if they get like an independent panels on there where they've got trade traders that are talking about their views on why share prices are going up and things like that 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 would be interesting but long as it doesn't go down the route where it starts to merge into like a sky sports stroke sky bet where the news that they give or the information that they give could heavily influence what the, the prices are in the index so that's kind of my general view but absolutely the scope 
yeah, I, I agree. I think they need, it needs to be fact-based and I need they need to be um, not as subjective. I think it's a good idea and it has potential, but I do agree. I am worried about it being a bit too Sky Sportsy. Um, I, I think you make a good point there. Well, I, I mean, when I watch it, when I was watching, I was thinking, cool, the possibilities of comparing different strikers with different styles and different, uh, different leagues and how they're compared to one another and if they move to another team how that could influence it. That's all really interesting to me. But I don't want to, I just don't want, I'm not really for opinions of on games. I mean, just Sky Sports and things like that, like the pundits talking about it, doesn't interest me at all. Insight into facts and figures and information and views from other traders, perfect. I, I think it has the potential to be quite good. Um, it, do you think daily is too much? I think you could have a small section daily, Um if, because at the moment we're getting significant movement in the market on a daily basis, maybe because it's a transfer window and whatnot, but um, at least every few days we'll have a nice segment at the end of the week to kind of review what's happened and to see uh, upcoming what could happen. So that could be good. I think every day might be a bit too much. Yeah, and I think um, it, it depends for them as well. As a company, you need to work out, is that effort um worth what the outcome for the fitb thing is like what do they want that to be what is it just to interact with traders um is it worth i mean i know firsthand how hard it is to make videos uh every day and upload them onto youtube even if you have someone who's specialized in doing it i think there's possibly they may look at it at one point and be like are we putting too much effort into this and getting only x amount of views um or loads of people don't like it so i think it's when you are a startup you you tend to experiment quite a lot in um in various things and and let's see how this experiment works and um i think tom's doing a really good job it's daunting speaking in front of a camera um for however long Uh, mike's been on there a couple times as well so uh, hats off to those two guys for for doing a good job so far well yeah i mean i would like to know the real reason why they're doing it is it just is it is it just for kind of advertising get our name out get the, the index name out there is it to um educate um, new users and maybe highlight a few things to older users i suppose why are they doing it they they need to come to the potential realization soon about why they're doing it um and, and then we'll see where that goes because i think it has as you as you mentioned potential but also it's fit pitfalls uh because you don't want to suddenly be influenced in the market with what they're saying as you mentioned pundits can drive uh you know prices or odds of bets for transfers etc and, well, and stuff like that yeah you're, you're exactly right i mean just just look at the the attention that one of um i think it's tom's tweets that come out um talking about mm. certain players now if they're going to magnify that or do with this um fitv it could have kind of adverse effects so they need to think about it i mean don't want to be hard on them i, I like all ideas and potential ideas explored so i'll give them a thumbs up for that i just need to maybe think about what they're doing with this yeah i do i do think so and i do think that as the market matures even stuff like tom's tip of the days i I think i've spoken about this before if you tweet something and players go up like 20p i I don't know why it helps the index long term i know i sound quite harsh there but and people should do their own research but it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy and i think that because they're not 
objective things. Like you're not just stating this player has scored this much, blah, blah, blah. It's kind of like got a gut feeling about this player. I know uh, me and Tom know each other. We've we've spoken about this before in person. It it becomes a bit of a um, sticky situation. You know, if you if you say that this is your tip of the day and that player breaks their leg, suddenly you're not playing around with like a couple quid on an acker here. This could be a player you buy for a, a hundred of them for three hundred pounds, and then he goes down to two twenty or whatever. Um, that could be a lot of money lost. Well, th- this is why, even with those tweets, I think they should maybe go towards more of a kind of comparison thing. You know, if they're going to talk about certain strikers, just just put some stats up for how it compares to other strikers of the same age or in the same league or or whatever. At least that way, you're giving information which is subjective and is up to uh, is up to other people to kind of make their own decision on it. But if you're just highlighting one player that he's gone up three pounds, I don't I don't really know what use it is to anyone. I think it's just opening up a can of worms and kind of leaving themselves to criticism. And I think you you want to protect yourselves from all angles to some extent as a company. Um, next question. This is from Danilo. He's also been on the podcast. You guys should definitely check it out. Uh, several episodes now ago, I think just before Christmas. What are the m- main criteria you consider when entering a trade? Are you more of a flipper or a long-term patient trader? Ah, a question from Mr. Daniello. Yeah, I actually met him at the um, the, the trader meeting in uh, London uh, last year. Very interesting guy to speak to, and he knows his Serie A, that's for sure. Um, um, as time's gone on, really, I've got a lot more methodical when I'm make, making a trade, and I've sort of I've got like a bit of a subconscious checklist, and just got to look at the players. How they're, the most important thing is assessing how players' prices are what they are. So. Of course, it's all driven by sentiment, but um, you've got to sort of break that down into layers. We kind of touched on, upon this um, a little bit earlier. So I kind of look at the MB potential and the PV potential, which are obviously the, the fundamental parts. And then you sort of look at um, look at the hype and transfer hype and form and look at the change of circumstances, like should a manager go? And then you sort of put this all together and see how it applies to the common trend in the market. And then you work out whether it's a good uh, good value or not. I mean, generally, per- I mean, personally, I like to look for for long and short-term PB players. So form is one aspect that's quite important to me. Um, capital pre- pre- The capital appreciation side of things um, is rewarding with PB. And not only if they win PB, their prices go up. Should they maybe hit a 300, then the, the prices start to rocket. And if they win PB twice in, say, a month, then you've got a really nice capital appreciation, which is a, is good. Um, but that, they're my main purchases. And I always like to try to keep a, a little bit aside should I see anything obvious that can be flipped and uh, things like that. But, yeah, um, generally, these are the players I go for. And uh, the other reason... Uh, head, head towards these plays is when the when the market starts to get a little bit flat out or traders are a little bit unsure they naturally gravitate towards the dividend yielding players so that's my kind of my strategy mm, interesting uh, next we've got a little section about four four new traders uh, got a couple questions one from Corey. uh given the amount of new traders entering the platform what advice would you give them i'm seeing a lot of tweets from new traders asking for advice only to get replies of shameless self-promotion of the respondents own players uh, could FI do 
more to help new traders? Uh, this this is something that I feel quite passionately about, about, to be honest with you. I mean, I often scan the FIM hashtags, and I, I recently saw one that just quickly popped up, and it was from a brand new trader. A trader tweeted something to the effect of, hi, guys, just joined FI. Any, any advice or recommendations? Uh, welcome. So I thought, let me reply to this, but notice that someone beat me to it. I'm expecting something like read the FI guide, for example, or follow this guy or read this site. <laughs> but instead, it's the, the reply said, buy Verdi and Golovin, absolute ballers. <laughs> I mean, how is that going to help anyone? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's just, it's just a, a bit of a joke, really. So, you know, if you want to be treated like a, I don't know, like a blind man going down a dark alley, you just keep on listening to these tipsters. Just don't do it. Do your own research. Mm. Um. So that would be your biggest one tip. Absolutely. Everything everything needs to be backed up with a logic or a plan. And if these guys are just saying they're ballers or they're the next best thing, you're on the hiding to nothing. So absolutely ignore them. Just how I think of them is just like tabloids, like the gutter press, just noise, where you don't take it too seriously. Good to keep up to date. And it's just a bit amusing. You need to gather as much information as you can to make an informed decision. Um, so, I mean, in terms of actually starting for traders, perhaps um, I think a mixed bag. You got to just buy just buy a few shares. You know, even if one share will do. Just buy a share in one of the top players, PB or MB, and then some of a few players from different leagues. And then the best thing to do is just to monitor them, and um, you start to spot cycles and patterns, and then you become more confident, and then you, you start to invest more. But you need to pay attention. You got to do your stats based. Uh, research which is one aspect of it and then you've got to pay attention to how the market behaves and reacts to certain events that happen on and off the pitch if you keep your eye out and sit and monitor those plays that you've got you soon start to see patterns and get very confident yeah i think for me i always say to people don't worry about how much money you can make at the beginning just worry about how quickly you can learn how the platform works in the first few months i think it's really important to learn not learn before you earn, but learn. Learning being more important than the earning part at the beginning, because a lot of people just say, "Right, I've got hundred quid. How quick? How, exactly, what can I make, exactly. and how quickly?" Whereas it's not really about that. People don't consider the compounding effect at the beginning. Uh, you need to make the process of learning the pivotal pillar of your football index journey at the beginning. Because if you do learn really quickly in the first month, then you can become more confident and start making money faster uh, and more effectively at greater rates. So I think that's really important. Don't worry about how much you're depositing at the beginning. Don't worry about how much you could make. Worry about how quickly you can learn. Absolutely. You need to find out the rules spend your time looking at the rules and what influences and actually a good example of this is to um just pick some players where you just don't understand why they are at the price that they are and delve into it have a look at their history why are they why are they expensive or why is this guy so cheap and you start to build up a really good picture in your head um but absolutely spend your time learning don't worry about making money and that's why i kind of suggest even one share of certain players in that way because once it's in your portfolio you can really monitor it closely rather than putting it on a watch list you can see if they're going up or down and the amount of experience and education you get from that alone will speed up your whole experience into actually making some decent profit yeah i agree i totally agree 
So next question from uh, James Fraser. If you were a new trader starting right now, what type of player would you look to bring into your portfolio and why? Assuming your budget is £1,000 and your knowledge of the index is minimal. I guess that large, uh, that last point is kind of what we've been trying to push now. Like, it's not important about, like, you shouldn't be putting that much money into the index if your index, uh, if your knowledge is minimal. Exactly right. Yeah, that's the thing that I saw straight away is like, why is your knowledge index minimal? You need to improve that straight away. Otherwise, you're going to get caught out. Um, Have a plan. You've got to have a plan. Um, Even if it's a bad plan, it's better than no plan. Because should your bad plan get get proved wrong, then you can kind of alter it. with no plan, you're just playing roulette and you're just buying plays in the hope they go up or down. So you need to, again, as we said before, just improve your knowledge. And if you've got, say, a budget of £1,000, just spread it out. Spread it out, more players, less shares. And that way, as you get more confident, then you can sort of sell the plays you don't like and you can sort of double down a little bit more on the ones that you do. One, don't invest money into something you have no idea about. Two, don't invest money you... Bet money that you can't afford to lose. It like you shouldn't be putting in a thousand pounds if you don't have a thousand pounds. I see people saying, "Who needs who needs a savings account when I've got football index?" Yeah, like silly. Those sorts of tweets don't help anyone, um, and long term they'll be detrimental to the platform. But you know, if your budget is one thousand pounds and your knowledge of the index is minimal, my advice would be deposit ten or fifty quid make the your knowledge of the index better than minimal and then deposit the rest because i think it will be dangerous for you to put in a thousand quid into something that you have very little knowledge about yeah i mean it's, it's a bit of a random question as such it looks like somebody wants to kind of get onto the platform um they've thought that they're, they're they've got one thousand pound budget but don't really know what to do so they're kind of it's, it feels like a bit of a panicky question so really you need to like, like you said, put, put a little bit in just to see what's going on. You can always put loads more money in later on once you get the hang of it. But um, can you lose a thousand pounds or is that just a, a drop in the ocean for you? I mean, I don't really know. Yeah, I guess that it's all situational, isn't it? I mean, if you're a millionaire, a thousand quid is exactly, not much to me. Exactly. If, you, um, if this is some money that you saved from a part-time job that you've been doing for the next last four or five months, then it probably is a lot of money <laughs> yeah, to you. Right. So I think it, 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 it is situational, isn't it? Uh, next question or little section. This is about share split. Uh, SAH89, SAR1989, uh, that's his at. Given it is tri-January, what would your strategy be as a new trader ahead of an impending share split in Q1? Okay, this one is a good one as well. Um, what I did, and I advise everyone to possibly do this, is... Um, sort of think about what's the first thing that people are going to see after a share split. The first thing people are going to see is they're going to log on and then they're going to see the numbers, numbers of the of the players. So what I did was I screenshotted a lot of um, the top 200 and also um, sections of the squad. And I just, um, assuming that it's going to be divided by the factor of four, I just divided the prices by four because that's what people are going to see. And once you've got it in front of you, is um you start to speculate on what looks attractive to some people and what and it's amazing what players kind of stand out so that could be one thing you could do so more on a more practical level um what do you think about that one it's 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 with the share split i think a lot of people are 
they are okay we, we talked about earlier about how dividends aren't really affecting people's strategies that much right mm-hmm. with the share split i think people are assuming that the dividends will play an even smaller part in the decision making do you, do you agree with that um i th- no not necessarily i think it depends when it happens i mean ro- but do you think by by looking at the, the flow of money that's what people's assumptions are um i I think that i think it's going to be what the current trend is i mean if it happens Mm. tomorrow yeah with yeah with with, um the youth um soaring then absolutely they're going to get a huge boost but i think that as as you come out of january and go into february towards march where it's very pb and mb based Mm. um also it might give a chance for the newer traders who've just joined in the last few weeks to see the differences between transfer spec and pb mb based uh um, parts of the season that they will get a huge boost so whatever the trend is that will get a huge boost generally yeah that's exactly what i said to a lot of people they said oh what one player would you buy well first of all i wouldn't buy one player but if it was it would be whoever is the rashford of that time like whoever is exactly. the, yeah if it just ask yourself if it happened tomorrow who would you who would you buy and that's what rob footy index now asks if you had if you have one player to put a shitload of passion to <laughs> before this share split who would it be and why pogba or neymar and uh, you know i don't want to specify any player but whoever it is at the time who is doing kind of what pogba and rashford are doing right now in terms of price or if you look at the guys who are rising extreme amounts recently whoever that is well exactly it, like it, near the share split i think that's where the money will initially go into well that's ex- that's exactly it is the whoever's got the highest sentiment at the time i mean as of yeah. maybe the last week you would say rashford and pogba or maybe after last night you'd be thinking oh neymar neymar's the one to go for so yeah, exactly so it, it sentiment can change very quickly and uh, what i would say is don't do that but if you had to choose between the players, I mean, it's, they're both fairly safe holds. Maybe Neymar's had a particularly uh, had a bit of a extra boost before the pre the pre split. But I think it's a bit of a dangerous road to go down. You need to be spreading it out. Yeah, I agree. I mean, especially if it's a shitload of cash, as Rob <laughs> sure. has put it. I mean, I'd probably probably spread it. Um, next question: FI. NSNO. Question to both of you. Do you anticipate a deposit bonus time to coincide with the share split? Um, in a word, no. Um, I'm really not a fan of this um, artificial stimulus that into the market. I mean, we've, we've, I mean yourself and uh, your guests have discussed this many a times. We need to try and to keep it organic. Um, but it seems like there's always something on the horizon. Um, obviously, we had the in play and then now we've got this share split, which is kind of fueling the market. I mean, I don't really see a need for a share split. Um, once share split happens, and then there's going to be a sort of emerging trends, and it will sort of start to um, flatten out after maybe a few months of the share split, then they can think about it. But then again, you're again artificially stimulating the market. Um, it'd be nice. It'd be nice to give traders. Um, a boost to their money for their deposit, giving them 10% of whatever it is. But I think they should kind of do it very randomly and surprisingly because people do hold back their money, as we saw with Christmas. People are holding back their money looking for a Christmas deposit bonus. As soon as they said there wasn't one, the money started flying in. So organic... I think they do need to just Sorry. say if there is or isn't going to be one. Yeah, definitely. That's that's a good idea. I mean, but and if they say there is going to be one, they need to do it quickly and get it over and done with. Otherwise, again, it just holds up the market. 
yeah i do agree i think that um the 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 artificial nature of the stimulus that is a deposit bonus isn't amazing however from a fi standpoint would you agree that putting a deposit bonus into a time where there are so many new traders in could help not lock them in but encourage them to go a bit bigger onto the platform I'm just talking about user retention here yeah. because I think that's the most important I mean, you, thing. If you put it if you put it like that for the the newer users, just to get a little bit of a reward for sticking with the platform, then that's that is a good idea. Um, yeah, so in that respect, it's a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> I guess there's pros and cons, right? Very uh, and so cons, now yeah. it's it's time for our data section index guy, and and this is. Uh, inspired by a question from the one and only golfing granddad a uh, fig cast favorite who who seems to ask a question every single uh, week and he's also going to be my next interviewee for the uh, long form blog post that we're putting out uh, once a month so he's going to be the next person he's writing up as we speak i believe his question was as pb returns or potential is a supposed key driver of prices yet not many pay attention to it at the moment. What do you think would happen if game-winning goal was removed from the scoring matrix to reduce the randomness? Uh, he, he he earmarks three kind of categories, uh, baseline players, number nines that are disadvantaged by uh, game-winning goal, if that was to go, and a pool of consistent winners making it more predictable. So those are the three kind of topics he wants us to touch on. But we, before we kind of touch on them, Uh, This is some data that Index Game have uh, very kindly uh, provided me. If it wasn't part of the scoring matrix, game winning goal, out of the 321 position dividends paid out, it would result in 54 changes in winners this season. So that's 16.8% or about one in six uh, that would be different. What, What are your thoughts about that? Did you expect it to be higher, Index Guy? Um, In a word, yes. I thought it would be. I thought it would be... I felt like its um, implications was going to be a bit more than that. I mean, it's quite it's mm. quite a reward to game winning goal, isn't it? I mean, jumps you yeah. up from zero to eighteen in just a. a well, goal. It's effectively worth nearly a hundred points, isn't it? Because you have goal, game winning goal, shot, shot on target. For sure, um, it, it could be worth quite a lot. Absolutely, yeah. That's. I thought it would have more more of a move on that, but um, uh, game the game winning goal itself. I think you could. I think. Um, Golfing Granddad's got a good uh, point, though, that it is very, it is, it is influential. And I think it could be um, maybe toned down a little bit, though, as well, to maybe help other players. I mean, a couple of ideas that I had was um, you, get, you, get, you get these scenarios where, actually, I'll tell you the, the, the flaw in this scenario. I, I don't like it, for example, when Son scores a goal and then Kane scores a second goal. And I'm as a Kane holder, for some reason, I'm watching a game here hoping that Tottenham concedes so I can gain an extra 40 points. I mean, that's <laughs> that's where it's totally flawed and it's a really unnatural way to watch a game, isn't it? Yeah, I guess so. Um, that That is interesting, but I guess that that kind of happens with you know, if you put a bet on, uh, yeah, I suppose it is a bit different. I was going to say, if you put a bet on 2-1, you want them to concede. Or if you have a fancy team and you don't have a Tottenham defender, you want them to concede. Um, so in every kind of microcosmic gambling world or uh, fancy world, there are going to be situations that are kind of strange and not natural, I guess. Yeah, I suppose from a, from a betting point of view. But um, what I was thinking is what they could do is... Um... 
um, that the game-winning goal maybe only comes into effect if it's by one goal. So, for example, if a team is winning 2-1, then that counts. But if a team ends up winning 3-1, maybe it doesn't count. Or perhaps that it gets the 40 points extra gets shared between the two additional goal scorers. So, so I mean, I was, I was thinking of an example where you get these crazy games where they end up finishing 5-1. So that means you've got four game-winning goals in effect. So maybe the, the four players could share the 40 points and have 10 points each, which I suppose would be reflected on the influence of the game and the contribution. And um, perhaps the baselines would be a bit more reflective, again, of their contribution in the game. Do we want to reward players who consistently give us uh, six and a half out of tens or seven out of tens? Or do we want to reward players that give us nine out of tens every so often but usually a six out of ten. Um, and, and I think if you want to reward the best player on the pitch, then it's going to be whoever gets the closest to a ten out of ten in terms of a rating, right? I guess. Well, the, it, it, it is interesting. Um, but I think, we, I think the most influential thing you can do in a game is to score a goal, a game-winning goal. So uh, it's only right that that do get rewarded for it and I suppose as uh, shareholders we should do too so I'm not too sure on how we can resolve this it possibly could be toned down a bit or be redistributed but it's a difficult one it really is difficult and it, and it plays back into that um, conversation we had about altering the scoring matrix doesn't it uh, how big a change can you make before it upsets too many people right I mean Tony Cruz would have twice the amount of wins that he has um right now if there was no game winning goal that would have put him up to eight pb wins which is massive just on this season has tony cruz been absolutely sensational for real madrid this season the answer is no uh real madrid haven't been amazing this season and he hasn't been amazing for them this season um so again if if we're talking about you know a, a pool of more consistent winners as uh golfing grandad put it we want those consistent winners to be the people that play really well on the pitch, right? Not just because they pass the ball or take corners. Yes, again, it's um, going back to this uh, PB matrix, isn't it? Um, again, I think assists a huge influence on the game. That could be rewarded a bit more. Then we need to go into the key passes. I mean, just passing it sideways, left and right. I mean, there's some players, um, for example, um the Betis players were very popular at the beginning of the season yeah, because of yeah, the nature yeah. of the way that they play. But what's the? how is that positively influencing the game other than just keeping possession? So absolutely with you. Well, I mean, I mean, we saw Chelsea-Arsenal the other day as an Arsenal fan. Uh, Arsenal won 2-0, but they had about 39% possession. Well, there you go. Possession isn't everything, as, as we saw with Leicester. I mean, I think Leicester won the league yeah. based on having uh, no um, dominant possession in any game. It's just ridiculous if you think about it. Absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> um, it, it, I suppose it's about efficiency, isn't it? It's about what they do that is efficient and heavily influences the game. It's, it's what you said about Messi the other day, right? Like, he has a lot of touches, but every touch is meaningful, right? And he doesn't do a lot off the ball, conserves that energy. When he gets on the ball, it's always with purpose. Absolutely. And that's that's why the guy's a genius. I mean, he just floats around. But when he gets it, he's effective and um, he should get rewarded for that. So we, we need to keep this in mind when we're dealing with the PB matrix. For sure. For Positive sure. influence. Well, if you guys want to see some great data, um, and thanks very much for providing the data that I just talked about, uh, indexgain.co.uk. And if you use the code FIG 
at checkout, you get 10% off the entire duration of your membership. A whole 10%. Sensational stuff. And it's a great, great platform. And a quick disclaimer, this is for new users only. So uh, if you're looking at cancelling your subscription and re-signing up, you can't do that. And this code is only valid until Saturday the 26th of January. So you have just under a week from listening to this to use it. So what are you waiting for? Go check out the free Slack community and then you know if you if you are serious a bit more serious about your football index you want to see some great data sign up to their premium uh, membership which gives you a a ton of great features and but rest assured the boys are index game will still be providing data for the next episode even though this is uh this code only ends up till the saturday 26 and uh, who knows they might be uh, the figcast data provider for maybe even longer have you got any kind words to say about uh the folks at index game yeah i joined i joined them early on and their products are improving all the time i mean wealth of information on there so different different thumbs up from from me a big thumbs up from index guy as well but we'll move on to our uh to our next question which is from football index wolf when fi do eventually branch out to other countries what will happen to the value of young english talent i thought about this and um it occurred to me that not much would happen because um, <laughs> it's all very much dependent on the MB factor. Um, it all depends whether MB is global or local because um, should, say, Germany join in, um, the, the youngsters' prices aren't going to go up or down as such because it's all, it's all dependent on the, the scoring system and the MB system. Now, if they had, for example, global MB, um, which accounts for all of the countries joining, then that might affect it in the sense where they will end up just talking about the the the, the best players, you know, your your Messi's and your Ronaldo's and whatnot. They will just be dominating uh, global MB, so their prices will go up, and maybe the, the youngsters might come down a little bit. But perhaps local MB that would push up the prices of the of um, the foreign youngsters quite a bit, and actually just foreign players. Would that have any adverse effect on um, English youngsters? I can't really see it myself because we've got our own local MB. Yeah, I think also it goes back to that point that we were talking about where dividends aren't really making uh, a big influence into the decisions of traders at the moment, right? I mean, is is a youngster going to fall, an English youngster going to fall that much just because we join um, or Germany joins in, right? And I guess you're really right about uh, whether or not it is going to be local or global MB, but we are still always going to have more English users for the you know uh, next two or three years. So I guess that people are going to be have bigger affinities to those to those players. Well, um, we have to bear in mind that the Premier League is the is the most watched. I would uh, assume. I mean, I'm guessing people yeah. in um, and I have some friends uh, from Spain. They watch their own football, but they're very interested in English football as well. So, is it going to affect the prices? I just um, I just can't see it myself. I mean, they are what they are now, and um, some a big group joining in from Germany. I don't see how that's going to affect it. Mm-hmm. interesting question though interesting yeah, question. Definitely. Uh, n- next one from swfi lots of people talk about how much profit they have made on fi but when do you think profit actually becomes profit do you have a strategy to realize profit um it's an interesting one do you think um do you think that means uh in terms of cashing in i think so or or, or just in ge- i think i don't think there's any i don't think realizing profit 
is just you selling your whole portfolio and um, withdrawing it. There can be different ways to do that or different ways to realize some of that profit and move it into your bank account. Well, my strategy is a fairly simple one is um, I, I love the product and I hope it's around for a very long time. And I think it's only going to end up dominating everything um so my plan really is not really to take out that much money from it at all is to actually keep this going for as long as possible and have this as a bit of a kind of retirement thing where you can just sit on the pc enjoy your football um buy and sell shares look for the next best thing take a bit of money out when you can put some back in so i see this as like an ongoing thing um i mean uh, thinking a bit too far ahead now in terms of a uh, pension uh, and things like that but i, I just love the yeah idea i was gonna that- say is it are we in danger of, of when we say stuff like that that it's it's not so responsible to um see this as like a a safe haven forever i mean football's transient uh, it is a startup there's that side of things right no no you're absolutely right i mean it's certainly not an investment product in that respect but i like the idea of having this um always going on throughout, throughout the rest of time really if possible providing that the product is still holding up and, and doing well i don't really see it as um a big money making machine where my goal is to make a, a million a couple of million and then just leave i just sort of take it out bit by bit and keep on enjoying the product until I stop enjoying the product or all of a sudden I become a very bad trader. (laughs) Well, that's interesting. Um, We'll we'll definitely see what happens there. Uh, In terms of the longevity of the product, where it goes, we just talked about um, other countries. I think it's going to be really exciting. 2019 and onwards for Football Index. Next question from Paul Anthony. Trends is a very popular term recently. Where do you see the next one being? I believe a return to focus being on dividend earning players driven by the share split, possible increase in dividends uh, and the end of tri-January alongside traders getting more experience. He says cheers and then there's a little beer emoji. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we we touched on this, but absolutely um, in every trend, the div earners are just around the corner um, in short term and long term. The div earners come in and then they take control and then it's then it sort of breaks down into the forwards and then we get this kind of an elastic band effect where the forwards push up the midfielders and then the defenders and then it just keeps on going like this. I mean, of course, I mean, I do remember having that big uh, fashion of defenders. I think it was around about um, September time. Everyone went mad for defenders. I've never seen such increases. Um but as soon as a little trend comes along, then, of course, the dividends will take precedent. The dividend uh, players will always take precedence and um, take over. I mean, it's a natural economic cycle, really, isn't it? Yeah, I think long-term dividends will take over. But I, I honestly couldn't put my hat on what the next trend in um, in air quotes will be. It's a really hard one. I think it's been it's this is the hardest one to predict because we don't know when the share split's going to be. Um, stuff like possible raise in dividends, we don't know if that's going to happen ever again, and we don't know if that's going to be uh, across everything, including in play dividends. That like we just don't know. Well, I think in terms of the the dividends aspect. Um there has to be another dividends increase if you think about it. Um, it's just it's just a cycle. I mean, they're doing a share split. Eventually, um, there's going to be so much further investment into the platform, which of course um, increases commissions and whatnot. So naturally, there has to be a dividend increase, um, which will drive up the prices even more. And then, 
as things go on, then of course uh, the cycle starts again, where there, there will be a share split. It's, it's just an ongoing cycle. And this cycle is only, I think EJ pointed this out very smartly. He said, the only limitation of this is actually the users. Um, and we're, we're probably decades away from reaching the limit of the users that we can actually attract. So, so you think it should be cyclic in its nature, right? Um, well, we're, we're already into in a second cycle. Why won't it into a third one? It, it's just the way it's going to go. So that's why I think PB and sort of dividend earners will always be at the front because of this cycle. Don't get me wrong. It might not be in two months time. It might be in two, two, three years time. But it, it has to happen because of the amount of invest investment um, into the platform. Um yeah, I mean, see, I, I disagree that it should be cyclic. And I think I, I said this to EJ as well when he was writing up the blog. I was like, do you actually think that um, they should just share split up dividends, share split up dividends? But I think Football Index is going to take it into a more abstract area. We've talked about decimal place shares. Uh, I think Kieran m- mentioned like a an anti-share split where players become like hundreds of pounds and the dividends are increased as well. Um, or we, I think I've discussed with ASP on the podcast before about... Um, pooling commissions daily so that uh, dividends are are increased based on how much trading activity is in a day. I think that if you do this cyclic thing, that means that the dividends have to increase every time further than they were before, if that makes sense. And that will mean that the baseline of the lowest price player will continue to go up long term which reduces accessibility that only really hate helps players that have had that money in for a long time and that have um, realized that compounding effect. So I think long term, that that cyclic thing won't work. I'm not saying it won't happen again, but it just doesn't make sense in my oh, sorry, it just doesn't make sense in my opinion. And I think that it, football index are probably working on it. Uh, in terms of finding another abstract idea that can be a solution to this problem where we want the index to go up and up and up, but we also want the lower price players or the higher price players to be maintained at a decent price so that someone comes on and doesn't see uh, Neymar at 20 quid and say, oh God, I'm not going near him. I'll just buy some random player who's 50p. We want the the lowest players to still be cheap enough that accessibility is... um, is not a big issue, but we also want this product to be able to get more and more money into it. Uh, and obviously, um, because, uh, well, I mean, I think that because, you know, Kira mentioned something like the anti-share split in the podcast on episode 62, that they are thinking about it. They're thinking about this more than us as users uh, are thinking about what could be done, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, I do like the actual um, the anti the anti share split, as he put it. Um, but I suppose whichever way you look at it, it's just that, that it's just a, a different way they package it and dress it up. But as more investment comes into the platform, they have to find a way to still make it appealing. Um, prices will always go up, even inflation takes care of that. So they they, they need to. Yeah, they need to always look at the next cycle um, or the next um, the next generation of users. What? How are they going to join, and what are they going to find? So they, uh, that's this natural economic cycle of which I spoke about is the only way forward uh, for me. Um, no matter which way you package it or dress it up. 
Mm, yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see uh, what the guys at Football Index have in store to try and make that kind of to, to hurdle over that barrier, uh, if that makes sense. Um, next question from Semi Skimmed Trigger Warning. He says, "How would you feel about FI potentially raising commissions to fund increased dividend payments? Bearing in mind that without increased dividends post share split, star player on a triple day will only pay out four p and may be unattractive to new users." It's kind of a similar question, but what do you think about that idea? Well, um, the first thing I did when I saw this question was I uh, logged onto the PC and had a look at how many dividends I've won and how much commission I've paid since I started. Um, now, if your commission is you've paid a lot more commission than you have dividends, then it's going to af- affect your decision. And if you get more div- dividends, then less commission. Um, it's, it's, it's simple as that, really. I mean, I think if they um, increase commissions, it's going to affect the, the people that trade in and out all the time because they're doing it for capital appreciation as opposed to dividends. So they're going to get seriously affected and get upset with that. Obviously, the people who are just sitting and holding and um, collecting their dividends, they're going to be happy with it because they get um, an increase and they don't trade as much. So really, just have a look at your transaction summary and then make up your own mind. Yeah, I think that they don't want to harm liquidity too much right because if you want to get to a stage where you can implement the order books liquidity is key it's king in that perspective so if you do raise commissions then you have a lot more people just sitting on their portfolios and doing nothing um it's going to encourage people to trade less i think it'll be overall harmful to the uh to the product well i mean end of, you're absolutely right i mean end of the day it is a trading platform and they need to encourage as much trading as possible but of course they want the rewards i.e the dividends to still be attractive in some way so i think the levels that they've got it at at the moment is pretty good so i take into account that um the share split is going to divide that possibly by four as well um but so are they encouraging people to trade isn't necessarily a bad thing and the market can't just keep on growing forever and just people sitting down, sitting on natural growth. They need to sort of get involved and look at ways of um, improving their trading because that's essentially that's where FI want to take you. From their point of view, I think they'd only increase commissions if they really, really wanted to. And I think that you need to remember that if FI increased dividends money would fly into the platform and that money invested is then football indexes to do what they want with it it's it's funding their company so do they need to increase commissions to fund a div- an increased dividend i i don't know um no they don't really if you think about it they just need to keep on improving the product and improving the investment i mean i think something something that it's actually a good point it's something to be mindful of that um when we are involved in Football Index and we're buying players, um, we are essentially investing in the concept, the, the product, which is FI within the gambling industry. So if you're really uh, positive about it, every future that you buy is actually investing in that product to become more dominant in its marketplace. So that in itself will um, increase investment. So like you said, increase investment and it will increase trading uh, and commission in the end. So something to think about yeah definitely Uh, next question football index long-term holds he has actually got two questions so he says thoughts on this add pb payouts ideally treble for fa cup finals in all five european leagues 
perhaps we can include the League Cup and the FA Cup for the Premier League. Uh, what do you think of that? Adding PB for, for Cup games? Um, I can't really see it being anything more than an enhanced single PB day. Um, but what do you think about the overall concept? I think, I think the overall concept, it will add a, a little bit of excitement um, f- for the the final games. But um, this for single PB day to affect... Sh- um, the share prices, I think, is a is a bit of an odd one. It, it becomes you're sort of merging towards a bit more of a of a gambling one event um, situation here. So, especially if it's players that don't play regularly, right? Well, absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's um, usually you're going to have the big teams. You can have the big teams in the in the finals here. So, I, I, I'm not really sure where there's much scope for it, to be honest. And I think that if Football Index adds a dividend payout for Cups, I don't think it would be only for a final. I think it'd be potentially something similar to um, the way they do it with the Champions League, where it's treble payout past quarterfinals. Um, I think it'd be something similar to that, whether it's like the sixth round and onwards um, in the FA Cup, the last 16 and onwards in the League Cup. I don't know, but I think it would be more than the FA Cup finals if they chose to do it. Yes, I mean, there would it would be nice to have some mechanism whereby the players that you've been, you've invested into for a while, should they win a trophy, for example, say they get to the final and they win a trophy, that um, perhaps there's some kind of reward for that, whatever it may be. So that could be something that could be included in these um, cup runs. But beyond that, it's, uh, I don't know, it's, uh, it's, it's not tickling me. fair enough Uh, his next question or thought was one thing missing from FI is the ability to make a lot of money with a small investment think a 20 selections of an accumulator what are your thoughts on paying out a big dividend for PB scores of 300 or more for example right well um, I think um, generally in terms of accumulators it's better off to go to the bookies really Um, I I, I don't really see why FI um, should be paying out more because a PB score hits 300. Um, that will just increase um, a lot of the prices of the players with those um, huge PB scores. I mean, uh, sorry, those huge uh, peak scores. And, and there isn't really many of them around. Um, it's just more expense. I can't really see why that would be a reward. Um, I think, I, I, and I don't, be... and I think it it probably increased the price of the the big guys, as you said. Yeah, that's right. I mean, the ones who if they've got over 300 a couple of times, their price is going to go up. And that's it, really. I can't really see much to it. But yeah. I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what they could do, though. They could perhaps have a bit of fun with it in terms of an accumulator when you, you can choose teams and maybe you can invest in a certain team and be like a last man standing, that, that kind of thing going on. But I think that individual players need to be left out of the accumulators because you've got to remember that everything that you do with these sort of little competitions and win mechanisms, they affect the individual players. So long as they're left out of it and you maybe concentrate more on the team side of things, it could be a bit of fun. Yeah, if only someone had pitched that idea to Adam Cole about a year ago at one of the trader meets. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I did have that idea of kind of <laughs> having the, the like a team that you could select, uh, you pull the points and then you pay out the... Um, top 20% of uh, traders that have chosen those teams or whatever and you have to buy in with a certain amount of money 
um, to uh, to choose a team. I, I do think something like that would be interesting. Whether or not that's the direction Football Index want to take the product, I'm not sure. But I think there could be... I mean, there's loads of interesting things they could do to try and make it um, slightly more accessible. I think we talked about this with the, the cyclic nature of share split then uh, increasing dividends. I think what, hind- what that hinders or what stops that from being effective long-term is keeping those prices accessible Uh, and i think that if you have another win mechanism where it's not really much to do with that existing uh payout then it could be an interesting one that would allow you to do the share split thing uh longer term perhaps yeah that's that's right but um as you rightly pointed out it's an idea that we need to be very careful with because it kind of uh, detracts from the core concepts that FI have in the USP. Um, the USP is very specialised in the sense where it's all a kind of long term, and you're essentially investing in athletes and players for a longer term. So having this kind of quick win um, sort of concept added to it kind of goes against it, and probably they should leave it out. It's one of those things where we put out all these ideas where we maybe think about it for 30 minutes over a cup of tea. Guys like Kieran and his product team are thinking about this nine to five plus a bit more um, every single day of their their working lives at the moment. So uh, I think it's it's something to think about. Uh, Jamie Harewood, uh, what are your thoughts on the recent conspiracy theory of people making two or three accounts and abusing the tri-January boost to boost their main accounts then leave? Um, what do I think about it? Um, I think it's a load of nonsense, to be honest <laughs> with you. Um, I haven't really come across this. There might be a few people trying it, but that'll be just a, a, a few of them, won't it? Just to be trying to take advantage. I mean, even during the deposit bonus, there are people who put in the money into the players, and then as soon as it, the deadline's reached, they do take some of it out. I mean, that's, it's, it's a little bit unavoidable, but I don't think it's anything to worry about. Um, I suppose... Uh, Will there be a big dip on February the 1st? Not necessarily. I mean, I think there'll be a natural dip in maybe some of the transfer window uh, players. Um, maybe a little little bit in terms of some some of them taking their money back out because it didn't quite work out for them, of which I think will be very few. But no, the driving force at the moment is the share split and that will continue to drive it until it actually comes into effect. Oh, I, I don't know if it's an absolute load of nonsense, but I, I do think we we will not see a dip on the 1st of February, or if we do, we'll see a small one. Uh, Last question, Alan Cooper, who's been on the show before, you guys should definitely uh, check out his um, appearance as well. Is there any aspect of playing chess that benefits you on Football Index? For example, logic, patience, thinking ahead, etc. And how about the amateur psychology? Is it easy for you to ignore green and red as a result, for example? Ah, Mr. Cooper's been reading my profile, has he? (laughs) Um... Well, there is one thing that um, I can seriously relate uh, from chess to FI, and that is when you're when you're playing a game of chess, and especially halfway through the game, one one move can seriously uh, uh, change the dynamics of the game. And where this relates to uh, FI is, for example, if one transfer happens, you've got to think about that player. It has this huge knock-on effect of. When he leaves, who replaces him? Who is that new guy replacing? Is it going to benefit the other players in the team? So there's this kind of like ripple effect. And uh, I learned this as well um, when I got onto FI. As soon as um, a player got injured, I'm looking at the replacement of a player just rocketeering up. And I'm thinking, ah, there you go. So there's all these like knock-on effects. So you've got to think in more, more than one dimension 
when one little thing happens, you've got to think about all the after effects. So that is, I think, correlates really well with uh, FI. Yeah, that's really interesting. And that's something that I tend to talk about um, when regarding transfers in particular. I talked about in a recent video that I made that you have to not think about just that player, but who comes in for them? Uh, what Could that make someone better or worse for PB on their team? Are there any other synergies between chess and football index? Um. Well, of course, you've got the planning aspect. I mean, you don't just make a move for the sake of making a move. Um, like you don't buy a player for the sake of buying a player. That's why I kind of disagree with the whole concept of, of buying because other people are buying. There has to be some plan to it. Um, should should there be a, a turn for the worst? Um, what are you going to do if you're stuck with that player? You're going to just accept the loss. So there has to be some sort of a plan with it. And um, off the top of my head, also options. Um when you you got to keep all your options open when you're when you're when you're trading really just um, should yeah I suppose it relates to the one I just said um, you got to have options should things change should that player get injured should there be a change of manager all these kind of things um, but actually just another one came to my mind is a bit of an interesting one if you just bear with me um, it goes back to the the youth prospects. Um, in chess, one of the fundamental concepts is to um, create as many potential threats because potential threats are more powerful than the execution itself. And how that relates, it goes to these uh, youth where they're highly priced because they're youth, where they get so hyped up and the minute they play, all of a sudden their price drops. It's, it's purely because people's imaginations go wild with it because um, of the potential and then once that potential gets realized it's a bit of a damp squib of a result then their prices go down so it's kind of um psychologically it's playing on people's minds the idea of potential and that's how it relates to chess as well it's just the minute you put lots of potential threats in front of somebody their imagination goes wild and they actually believe that the, the threat is worse than it actually is mm, mm, that's really interesting. if you follow that's me really i don't know if i explained that too well <laughs> no I, I've, i'm following you i'm following you i hope listeners are as well because it's a, a very clever point but i think mate that's uh probably all that we've got time for today an hour and 32 minutes so uh, oh wow so it's for, been quite a lengthy one. On. Oh no no you've been brilliant and we've got loads of questions uh but i i do apologize if i didn't answer or we didn't answer any of your questions because there's more and more flooding in every single week now, so I'm sure you can appreciate that. Uh, Index Guy, where can people find out more about you? Yeah, mainly on Twitter. Uh, Twitter handle being Index Guy One, um, and um, I'm very keen at the moment to answer any questions for, especially the new guys who are joining in, where where they're not going to be pumped to load of players. So, Twitter Index One, tweet me. In de- just Index One. Index Guy One. Uh, index guy one nice nice do give him a follow clever chap um and if you are on your commute thank you very much for listening and i hope that it uh made that commute a bit quicker if you're not on your commute uh i hope you're having a great time doing whatever you're doing whilst listening to the show and if you haven't followed me already you can follow me at fi guide underscore now not underscore fi guide i've upgraded a little bit but still the underscore there uh one day one day i will take my true form thank you very much for listening everyone 